Hey there! Thank you for tuning in to Trans Planar RPG! We are an all-transgender, people-of-color-led, 100% homebrew, Dungeons & Dragons 5th edition livestreamed actual play campaign set in an original, non-colonial, anti-orientalist world. I am your Game Master, Connie, my pronouns are they, he, and she, and this is my cast. My name is C, I use they, them pronouns, and I play Okahaye, an Asamar blood hunter slash monster hunting expert. I'm Erica, and I play V Nocturzo, your lovable elf sorcerer slash charlatan with draconic ancestry. My name is Lyra, and I use they-she pronouns. I play Manaya Wairua, a half-orc fighter with a sailing background. I'm Max, my pronouns are they-them, and I play Dewey Quirk, an Aarakoko artificer and researcher on the run from his former employers at the Ohanahi Research Laboratory. You can support Transplaner RPG by pledging to our Patreon. Patrons get early access to episodes, character sheets, high-res assets, and much, much more. As a heads up, this podcast contains sound effects that might be jarring to some audiences. We do not utilize jump scares, but if you're sonically sensitive, please be aware. You can also support us by giving us a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts. This helps immensely with getting new listeners to find us. So, with that out of the way, here are the content warnings for this episode. Fantasy violence, gore, body horror, blood and bloodletting, memory loss, fire, strained relationships, smoking, and mentions of child abandonment. Arc 2, Episode 7, Truth Murder Us All, from Skipping Stones by Nazreen Muhammad, in Queer Voices, Poetry, Prose, and Pride. You have always lived alone. Your house, which has two bedrooms and pictures on the walls that don't make sense, has always held you, and only you. When you make dinner, you use knives you don't remember buying and set a large table for one. When you bathe with the bucket and the rag, you scrub the mud from your ankles and you don't remember how you know to do that. When you sleep, you whisper prayers you don't remember learning and you dream of faces you forget in the morning. The north shore of green open water has always been your home. It has always had too many other houses, houses you are scared to go inside, but you don't know why. It is just you and Miss Weaveshifter, and the two of you have always been alone. So why, Trout, does it feel like someone's always watching you? V. You and Rev stand outside Miss Weaveshifter's home, the black tongue lapping at the shore behind you. The smell of smoke overpowers the sea-brined breeze as V, your ring of fire, blazes twenty feet tall, a shimmering red wall that threatens to engulf all the empty wooden houses of green open water's north shore. But this fire is contained, V. You contained it. For a reason. Because? Well, because... You can't really remember. So tell me, what do you do or say to struggle past this miasma and recall your present objective? V is going to look around and see Rev beside me. V is going to... Go ahead and let the wall of fire dissipate. 
She's gonna look at Rev and be like, "Did did something happen, friend? What? Where did every? What? Where did our friends go?" So V, your fire turns down like you're dialing it all the way back down on a stove. It poof, snuffs out. As you turn to Rev, she also looks a little confused. She's standing there, like, one hand is on her whip, right? Another hand has taken out a dagger, but she's standing there looking kind of disoriented. Her handsome features sort of knotted together. Uh, and she goes, uh, V, I, I'm not sure something isn't quite right. V, I feel like you shouldn't have let that fire down. I feel like there's, there's something here with us. You said something about voices that you could sense... Right, there was, I was sensing the thoughts around us and there was invisible things around us. I didn't, I couldn't see anything, but I, I heard them running away and I, yes, you're right. I, I threw up a wall of fire and like things start. Yep, it's like Rev's of, voice. It's like a gust of wind pushing the fog back out and the reality of the situation becomes clear to you now. And as soon as you like remember, okay, you sit, you, you cast the tech thoughts. You like sensed seven or eight like invisible minds like right behind you. You couldn't see them when he turned around. And that's why you had cast Wall of Fire to contain this invisible or unseen creature or whatever. But then, but then things started getting kind of foggy. And as you turn to the spot where you let the Wall of Fire drop, what do you do or say? I think shoot a fire. I'm going to cast Fireball at that spot and just see what happens. Okay. What does it look like as Fireball comes out? So uh, V's just gonna look over the spot and just fling her hand with the with the diamond. A spark is gonna come out and just fly right into that spot, land to the center of of where the wall of fire was, and then just boom, this giant ball of fire with you know 20 feet in any direction just blows up and lasts for a, a few moments and then dissipates. Okay, uh, it's like a mini sun, like coming into existence, and this is just pure destructive force. V, so I'm going to need you to make an Arcana check to see if you cause collateral damage. That's a five. Okay. The fireball splashes, and I think in your fervor, like bits of like mortar and just flame just go, they explode outward and they slam into like several nearby buildings and they begin to catch on fire. Swamp grasses also begin to smoke and char and like a bunch of smoke begins to rise uh, as it's it's smoldering and the fire, you know, two houses are now ablaze and they begin to spread. But in that brief splash of a light caused by this fireball streaking, something is illuminated. It flickers into existence for half a second. You see something standing in front of you, probably only 15, 10 feet away, And it is like, it's a creature that I'm not sure you've ever seen before. At first you're like, is that a giraffe? Uh, And then you realize the only thing that made you think that maybe it was a giraffe is because it has a neck that is very, very, very long. Uh, But instead of just one neck, there are several. In just that flash, it looked like there could have been anywhere between five to 10 necks. And the necks all end in these grotesque, looking kind of twisted faces and their mouths are all open and in that moment it was illuminated and then it's gone you, you don't catch any other details but in that split second several of these heads mounted on these slender pale kind of like slippery looking necks of this creature snap toward you 
and you hear it just sort of go, these two things are inedible. Inedible, inedible, they're inedible. We can't eat them. Let's go. I saw something burning on the south shore. Let's go. Food, more food. Fresh meat, fresh meat. We're so hungry. We're so hungry. Let's go. All these different voices coalesce together, like mashing into each other. And then you feel their presences slip beyond what you can sense. And with that, let's go back to Oka, Manaya, and Dewey. The three of you are at the ship graveyard, this kind of swampy pond, choked with weeds, with several, like, dead old ships, like, sinking in this swampy pond. You see only their masts peeking out from several of them. Several of the more newer ones are just broken in the middle, and and parts of their hulls are smashed against uh, this sludgy shore, and cypress trees sort of dangle all around their knees. You can't tell the difference between what are trees' knees and and just shattered remnants of past beautiful ships that have now been brought low by decay and storm. So, Manaya, Oka, and Dewey, the three of you under Manaya's rather, let's say, um compromised command uh, have been instructed to repair a frankly kind of unrepairable ship with a acute lack of proper materials or tools to do so. What do the three of you do? Here's a question. Do we hear the fireball or see the smoke or not yet? I'm going to say not yet. You're a quarter of a mile away, which is pretty far. And there's quite a few like trees and houses between you. But let's say in just a few minutes, you'll start to see smoke above the tree line. But not yet. Oka is going to take like a sidelong look at Dewey and then look at Manaya. at like the plank of wood in their hands. What is what is is Manaya just still like doing stuff? Just going for it still? Yeah. Any any materials that you've brought to her, she's literally hammering the ship together with the blunt side of her axe, uh, chopping wood into pieces that are moldable. She is, uh, if she has any cloth from Dewey, she's sewing that together instead of two sails, like a regular sloop, uh, into one large fore-to-aft sail, more Uhan style. Oka kind of stands back for a moment watching, and then they, they move forward and put a firm hand on Manaya's shoulder. Manaya, Sorry. I need you to stop. No, I can't. My parents are out there. Look, can you, can you help me hammer this now? It's, I think it's stuck in something. Manaya, it's stuck in something because this is not a viable ship. I have never sailed in my life, but I know that to be true. It, no, but we can, we can fix it up. All right, I just need a few more nails, a little more cloth, and some time. I, just a little more time. We'll have plenty of... We'll have time, Manaya. I know... Well... Going out into the middle of the ocean to try to chart this course is... It's not possible. Parents are out there. I thought they were dead. You... You even convinced me they were dead. You... Princess of Leaves said they're out there, and if they are... Look, would you hammer that nail? I need to tie this, sew this cloth together. Manaya, we can't swim to the bottom of the ocean. If we could, I would follow you. Okay, know that. But there's no way we can get down there. We need to think of a different plan 
taking out a half-destroyed ship to be eaten like that other one that came into the harbor. That's... It's a fool's errand. There's no way we can get them, even if we went out on this thing. We need to find out more. We need more research. Is there ship here? Right, we can't use this ship. And Manaya's gonna look to the tree line and half run, half trudge her way over there and just start picking a bunch of leaves, stuffing them in her pockets and her coat and like grasping as many as she can. And, she, and as soon as she has like a decent handful, she turns, whips around and says, okay, I need fire. If we can't do this with a regular ship, we need magic. And I, the princess of leaves, she could do something. She knows where they are. While all of this is happening, Dewey, what do you do? Dewey's like doing the things that Manaya asked him to do, collecting parts, bringing them to her kind of half-heartedly. Um, but he's also keeping an eye. He's like looking at these ships for obvious signs of like what caused them to break down. Just one look at these ships, you know that it's probably like natural causes of the death of a ship, like running afoul of a storm. Several of them have like broken shattered holes. Probably they ran aground in some way. There's no clear evidence of foul play for any of these ships. Okay. Joey's going to walk over to Manaya, hand her like a, a lit match or something, try and take the axe out of her hands. And he's going to continue like where she left off. If this doesn't work, then we have no choice. No choice. We'll have to use the ship if this... No, it's it's going to work. And she the, dumps all of the leaves into a big pile and takes the match and is frantically trying to set it ablaze. Okay, the pile of leaves begins to burn. Uh, it's swampy, though. So it takes you a couple of matches, I think, a couple of tries for it, for the spark to catch. And when it does, the fire peters out pretty quickly. Uh, as soon as the fire starts catching, Manaya, like, falls to the ground, closes her eyes, takes a shaky breath, and says, Princess, I know you're there. You know where my parents are. I need your help. Please. Manaya shifts from Common to Han. Um, for a little bit, and then switches to a song her mother taught her uh, when she was very small. She didn't realize it was Jukan until she actually went there, but is shakily singing a Jukan uh, lullaby. Yeah, Manaya, as you're on your knees, like singing this lullaby with a shaky voice, uh, you hear in your head and you feel like this warmth sort of you know, if, if a feeling could be a color, it would be golden, sort of like winding its way up your chest, up your through your sternum, like little veins, tendrils spreading like the roots of a tree coming up. Um, and as this happens, Oka and Dewey, the two of you see veins of gold begin to like spread up like the exposed part of like Manaya's throat, like going all the way up to her like closed white eyes. And you hear a voice begin to spread up from your chest as well. And it is the Princess of Leaves. Uh, and she sounds so small. She sounds very, very, very small inside of you, Manaya. Tired, almost. Her voice is singing the lullaby along with you. You finish the last verse together, and then you hear her voice like a like a sleepy or a tired child. Manaya? Are we... We're here, aren't we? The Princess, they're close. Please, I need... I need to get to them. I can taste the leaves you've burnt for me, Manaya. 
I, 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 I can't stay here for, for too long. It takes so much energy to talk to you. Something is so wrong with Endake. The magic is dying. I, Manaya, you have to listen to me. Wherever you are right now, that is not where your parents are. They're close, but not that close. They're in the water. Which direction? In the water somewhere. I, I, I don't know exactly, but the... Now that I'm here, now that you're holding me, I... My memories, they're, they're coming back to me. Manaya, there's something... Something a a attacked us. Something th threw us overboard. It took all of our magics to just stay alive in the water. This thing, I think, is still here. It's still hunting. It would know where your parents are. Thank you, princess. You're welcome, my child. I have to go back to sleep, but Manaya, you have me in you now. Use my magic, please, to protect you. To find- No, how? Your heart does. And with that, Oka and Dewey, you see the veins sort of like recede back down Manaya's like brown skin and disappear under the collar of her trench coat. Manaya's face is wet as she very quickly gets up, maybe stumbles a little in the mud, walks around the pile of burning burnt leaves, maybe a little roughly takes her axe away from Dewey and makes her way to the exposed mast of the ocean's thread. I think Oka just kind of stands beside Dewey and watches. You see, let's say, the top 30 feet of this mast sticking out with the conga up top. And it's hard to tell what is the ocean's thread and what is other Frankenstein together bits of dead ship. What do you do? She looks at her ass, axe, ass, axe, fuck, briefly considers cutting it down, then shakes her head and says, no, no, I won't disrespect my parents' ship like that. She turns around and says, Oka, I need your wings. My wings? What about his wings? Mine hurt more. Jay flutters over to Manaya, kind of confused. You know what? Never mind. Manaya pulls out some of the cloth that Dewey's brought to her and... Remember in Mulan when she like climbs the pole using the, yeah, she tries to do that. All right, um, Manaya, you get down to business uh, <laughs> to retrieve the conga. You lasso your way up the mast quite easily. No check. I'm going to change how I run things a little bit more here. I'm not going to make you make checks for things that your character would probably succeed at. So Manaya, you managed to garrison your way all the way up to the top of the mast where the conga is lashed. And as you get up there, you see it's kind of dusty and it's got some like spores on it, you know, from like trees. It looks a little like tattered as well from like the elements, like it's been rained on a thousand times and then dried out and rained on again another thousand times. And as you get to the top, you peek over the tree line, you smell smoke. And on that, we sort of zoom in to the smoke V. You just heard this like amalgamation of like half a dozen different voices. They seem to be going now attracted to this new burnt ship that you saw like sail into the harbor what do you do my rev did i don't know if you saw that did you see that there's a creature with very with many heads they were all talking to each other like their thoughts that were connected they were I, thinking to each other i didn't hear anything but i saw something i thought maybe it was a trick of of the light we, we gotta put out this fire 
I start casting Ray of Frost and stuff over. Oh it's a cantrip, God. so I'm just like putting at the base of fires. And uh, But this creature said they're going to the south shore. We sh- should grab our friends and go. They, this might be what's going on around here. This is why this, everyone seems to be gone and missing. You, you heard it in your head? And they, they were heading, why? They they were looking for food. They looked at us and they, they thought we were inedible, I guess. You know, we must not look very delicious to them. But they said that there was more food to be eaten in the South Shore. And they were heading that way. So if we're going to stop whatever this thing is, we should get our friends and go over back there. Okay, yeah. Uh, as you're... You're casting like Ray of Frost. There's like like a hiss of steam uh, and mist mm. as like the frost collides, you know, with the fire. But it is not really doing a good job putting out the fire. Sort of like throwing ice cubes at like a raging house fire, which is exactly what you've done. You cast Fireball and you want to put it out with a cantrip. No dice. So Rev looks at you, V, and says, "I'll I'll go grab them. Just take care of the fire, okay? Don't let it spread. I don't have any magic that could put it out." I guess I should look for other ways to uh, maybe. Is there any water around? Any? Um... Yeah, the black tongue's right behind you. The river. Rev heads like through the fire, you know, heading toward the ship graveyard, uh, and then you hear a bang as like a door opens by like the dock house, and Miss Weave Shifter, this soft shelled turtle, comes out, you know, like leaning on her cane. She goes, "What the hell?" do you think you're doing? We can talk about what I do later. For now, let's put out fire. And V's gonna like run. I wanna look around for like any buckets or anything or- Yeah, you see a couple of like wooden buckets, maybe the size of your head. I'm gonna grab like two of them and then also cast Mage Hand to like grab a third pail. Finally, Mage Hand actually comes in handy, okay? (laughs) What do you mean? It's been very helpful this whole campaign, all right? Don't come at my Mage Hand. My Mage Hand will come at you. Yeah, so I'm just going to start putting out fires and hopefully uh, my friend the turtle will uh, come and help. Your friend the turtle, Miss Weave Shifter, hobbles also over to the Black Tongue. And together, the two of you, like, try splashing it with, like, river water. And you, like, you manage to, like, halfway put out one, but the fire continues to spread uh, down all these empty houses. And she's going, no, no, we can't. We can't let them burn. What have you done? Look, let's not make this about what I'm, what I've done. I want you to know that there is a very dangerous creature in this town with many heads that what? is looking to devour things, and it's probably the reason that you are all alone in this town. She splashes a bucket of water on you, and the splash like wipes away some of the mud on your body and your clothes, and her flipper is like shaking a bit. She goes, "You sound unhinged." Uh, and her eyes travel down to the chrysalis symbol that has been unveiled by that splash of water she splashed onto your robe. I knew it! I knew there was something wrong with your group! I knew there was something wrong with you! You're part of that cult, aren't ya? That chrysalis cult! And she spits at you. If you're going to spit, spit on the fire, please! You did this on purpose. Didn't you? I know all about you. You try to make communities weak just so you can sweep in and preach your twisted gospel. I'm not gonna buy it. You, you get, you get out of here. You get out of our town, and 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 you never come back. First off, friend, I took this from the chrysalis because one of their people literally just got destroyed because of me. Okay, I'm here to dismantle chrysalis. I so you wear their emblems. So yes, you dress sure. up, you, you costume in the very symbols that they try to use to suppress, to, to, to infiltrate us and, and, and weaken us? 
what better way to defy your enemies than to steal their clothing and dance? And Envy starts dancing. Okay, <laughs> trying uh, to pull it there's, a, there's a mini explosion as you dance, like as another house catches on fire. <laughs> And on that, let's cut. Let's cut back to the ship graveyard. Uh, Manaya, as soon as you smell the smoke, you know, and you see it burning, all three of you, Manaya, Oka, and Dewey, here. Hey, hey, hey! We 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 need to get out of here. Uh, as Rev breaks through the tree line, like huffing it. What? What Where's did I v? just tell you? Where's V? V V is dealing with a fire she accidentally set while trying to fight off an unseen assailant, some sort of monstrous creature with like seven heads that can disappear and reappear at will. It's headed to the South Shore. We have to get there before it hurts the people there. And you left her with the fire and the monster? We had to get to you. Manaya takes the conga off of the top of the mast and jumps down, lands with a loud thud. And with the most stoic face you've ever seen her have, turns to the Oka specifically and says, There's a monster in the town. We will get information out of it, and we will kill it. Let's go. Oka, take a quick swig of the whiskey, throw it to the side. Uh, but they smack Rev, like, on the shoulder. Okay, Fucking yeah. idiot. It's, it's like hitting a brick shithouse. <laughs> Your hand just, like, bounces off of it. And she looks down at you and says, Whoa. We have to go. Uh, as your whiskey bottle bounces off of the back of a mud crab and shatters. Uh, I don't know. I'm just trying to paint a picture here of wildlife, flora, and fauna. Let's say. <laughs> okay. So uh, Dewey, Manaya, and Oka, you're jogging back and you begin to enter this like opaque fog of smoke rolling like into the swamp and you smell like burning wood and like fire raging for sure. And you can see and you can feel the heat now. Like... <laughs> And like you begin to sweat a little bit even, and it begins, <clears throat> you start to cough a bit, and it gets, it gets harder to breathe here with all the smoke. And before our two worlds collide again, V, Miss Weave Shifter is looking up at you. She's like, she's gripping her cane almost like she would a cudgel, uh, but she looks like there's like tears brimming in her eyes uh, as like the flames, like as you're dancing uh, in front of her and like the flames like <laughs> royal on behind you. She goes, why? I don't understand. Why, why would you do this? Why would you do this to to us? What have we ever done to you? I'm telling you, friend, there is a gigantic creature in your village. Stop lying! There's no creature in our village! It's always just been me and Trap. We've always been alone. There's nothing here! Friend, I, this town used to have so much more. There, If there was just two of you, why are there so many houses burning down right now? There... The, there is storage. We use we use them to 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 store things. Uh, but no, at that, you can see her face like like shuddering a little. Like she she's like she looks starting to look confused. Like she's never asked herself that question before, really. Yes, I've been in these houses. There's people. They use, they're in your logbook. There's they used to live in these houses. They've got names. They're on the houses. People used to live in them. You can go inside of them and see. Uh, V, do you, you remember to... one of the names that Rev shared with you? Can you drop it right now? Oh, this shit. is why you should take notes. Oh, you should there take notes. There's so many of them. There's so many of <laughs> them. So many opportunities for you to write something down. Uh, you should take notes for this moment in time. This is like the, the DM song. Uh, Wait, does anyone... I still, have, I still have the logbook. I'm just going to open it. Read. Okay. You can't read. You can't. You can't. I, I can't read it, but I know that this person can, so I'm going to just open it up and show the logs. It's. I just see my name. I don't 
what are you what are you trying to show me i don't and you can see like she's like very like consciously like looking away from the logbook as you're like shoving it in her face v can you remember any of the names rev told you v would have remembered easily what house that we went to okay v so let's say the name you remember is harvest maybe like for like the point of like the cinematic like scene you're you're also pointing at that particular line that rev showed you harvest also, okay this is harvest right here i that i've never i've never heard of a, of a harvest in my life um but she is crying like tears are streaming down her like leathery like worn face uh and her hands are like shaking like her knuckles are white she's like quivering a little and backing away slowly from you i've never i've never she drops the cane and like falls down into the mud go down and just like make sure she's okay Miss Weaveshifter is like trembling as you look down at her. She's like, don't, what have you done to me? What is this? Why, why, why does my heart feel like it's breaking? Remember friend, they used to live right there and I'll point at the house I went into. That is the first house that went on fire, I think. It is like burning, it is ablaze, it is consumed by a halo of heat. And at that point, coming out of this shimmering halo, we see four figures, Oka, Dewey, Manaya, and Rev rush out of the fire. V, what an all great eight's fucking name! V just screams, can we stop talking about what I did and what I was trying to do, which is stop this giant monster with several heads that is obviously hiding in this town? What monster? I've never seen it before. It had many heads. They were all talking through thoughts to each other. I could hear thoughts. Uh, because I just happened to cast Detect Thoughts and I could hear it. There were several, seven, eight heads all connected to each other. And it's going to the South Shore right now to that boat that came in that was all beaten up. Manaya lightly, loudly says, it knows where my parents are. We're going to get this information and then we're going to kill it. Let's go, V. And Manaya goes to grab Bree's arm and bring her with her. Yeah, I'll, I'll let that happen, but I'll, I will look back and be like, do we take care of burning the down houses right now, or do we, do we just go? The four of you go. I'll stay behind and take care of the fire, says Rev. Go! Go! People are in danger! Go now! But I was already booking it. As we're running, did anything that V say make a, uh, perhaps a Hunter's Bane dinger go off in Oka's head? Yeah, roll it, baby! Roll it, roll it, roll it, roll it. You dropped it! It's a 16. 17. Okay, with a 17, this description of multiple heads, like multiple necks, feels like a hydra, which is like a multi-headed monster. That's like the first thing that comes to your mind, especially the description of like a long neck. As you're huffing it along the shore, your boots are like kicking up mud. You can see that like the fucked up boat on the far end of the Black Tongue has been docked. You see a little bit of activity, but you're on the way other side of the river to be able to like pick out details or specifics. But you do see a couple of people beginning to come to the shore and you can see them like pointing at like the fire. Presumably they've seen like the smoke come up. And as you continue to hoof it, yeah, Oka, this description sounds similar to like a hydra, but this idea of like a, of, like human-like faces is nothing you've ever heard of before. Leading monsterologists say that they are uh, far descendants from dragons. And because of that, they have sort of serpentine or like lizard-like faces. So this description doesn't, you know, bring a bell. This idea of like something that could communicate telepathically makes you think of like psionic 
like creatures. Like the first thing that comes to your mind is that of the mind flayer, which is sort of like a creature that dwells in like dungeons and caves, like underground. You've thankfully never come across one, but they're said to have like near like humanoid intelligence, almost like they're like fungi or like spores or jellyfish. But they also have like psionic abilities, the ability to communicate telepathically. So that's what it's making you think of. And this ability to like turn invisible like in and out of will, it reminds you of many monsters who can do that. In fact, this monster seems to incorporate aspects of different monsters you've studied, but none of them come together to paint a picture in your head, which means it's extremely likely this is some sort of beast that was spawned by the cataclysm. Fucking piece of shit, empty monsters. You're sure it didn't have serpentine face? They were human faces. You're certain. I know what I saw and what I experienced. It was only a brief moment, but it, it wasn't anything I'd ever seen before. Okay. Manaya, you want to ask it questions? It knows where my parents are. Get that information, and we're going to kill it. You're the monster hunter. I'm relying on you. I have your back. Won't let you down. Okay, and with that, the four of you reach the north end of the bridge. It's a wide kind of like wooden bridge with like metal struts. And you can see like the the steam powered pistons that allow it to like open and close as large ships come in and out of the harbor that sort of like support it. Uh, As your feet begin to tap over the the metal and wood sheeting of this bridge, you see a couple people on the other end. They also seem to be running toward you with like buckets. Uh, You see like several of them like holding hoses. They seem to have seen the fire and are like coming over to like help. The seven of you in total, I think, um, meet in the middle. And there's a brief pause. You see, they all look like maybe they're are also like native to the court and they pause and this person who's like a, a human man uh, goes uh is there a fire on on the north shore how 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 do we're, we're going over do they have it handled they could use any help they can get it's oh, pretty bad god our miss weave shifter trout are they are they okay you should get over there and i keep running uh understood uh and he he starts hoofing it uh, you eventually make it like running, 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 like sweat still from like the fire, like clinging, like you smell like smoke. It's still clinging to your clothes and your feathers, Dewey, uh, and your hair, Oka, and your hair, Manaya, and, and your chrysalis robes, V. And when you finally reach the South Shore, it looks like the mirror image of the North Shore. The harbor building is like on the same side. So they sort of look like reflected images of each other. And you see, all of you see like that huge boat now, like closer up in detail. It's it's just docked maybe like 30 feet away from you. And you see like like half of it is like charred and burned. Looks like maybe like a huge lightning bolt hit it or something. Um, and it also looks like kind of scruffed up. This close now, uh, as the four of you settle in front of the harbor building and you look at this boat, all four of you, well, actually, specifically Manaya, you would recognize this boat kind of built in a Wuhan style, but a rather progressive style. Uh, you actually even see like the hole that's sort of been blasted or zapped or something to the side of the hull reveal sort of like an engine room area, uh, which is very new to you, you know, and you also see like rudders. At first you think they're rudders, but then you see that they're sort of like almost like this is almost like a part sail, part steamboat. And Dewey, you would also recognize these technological add-ons. And as you, like, finally come to the other side of this boat, the unscorched side, you see the name of the boat, like, emblazoned on the side in common. And it reads, Mahu's Favor. And several people are standing by the boat, talking with one Raven's Court denizen. There are 12 people. They seem to have been on the boat uh, based on how they're dressed, uh, they do not look like they're from the court. And one of them is talking to this one representative that's been left behind. Five of these 12 people are dressed very differently. So seven of these 12 people are dressed like sailors. And the other 
five, one of whom it seems to be the leader maybe, is talking to this representative of the court. The other five are dressed sort of in, I don't know, the only way I can describe them really is like researchers robes. Like one of them has like a white lab coat on and they've all got like names like stitched onto their breasts. They also all have like a, a logo sort of emblazoned on their other breast. A logo that is very familiar to you, Dewey, because these five people are researchers from the Uhanahi Research Laboratory, which is your ex-employer that has currently sent a dog-headed demon to kill you. Dewey, as your eyes land on these five familiar people. It's not necessarily their faces that are familiar to you, but rather their uniforms. Uh, And as your eyes land on them, we sort of like zoom in on your eyes, our black pupils, and then we enter a memory. This is a familiar night to you. One I think that you've dreamed of several times, if not many times since it's happened. It is the night your partner brought home your child. So Dewey, the only thing that needs to happen is that it's raining. Where are you in your home when this happens? I'm in the basement workshop. Um, It's a little bit dark. It's a little bit musty. There's a couple of tables strewn about and there's different projects on each one. And the stairs go like around the corner up to the first floor. What are you working on? Vision goggles. What? Night vision goggles. <laughs> sure. Yeah. Working on like glasses of all sorts, like that enhance different parts of your vision. Okay, you little myopic bird. Do you have like a heat shield on prevent you from sparks as like, as maybe you're like cutting a piece of like metal to fit to your latest dimension? Yeah. Try not to get like glass shards in my eye. Sure. It's like, like classic, like metalworking situation. Uh, we don't see Dewey's face behind this like shield that's sort of like contoured to fit his beak. All around us, we hear sort of like rain pounding against a tin roof. This is the house. This is the home that you've called home for many years now, ever since you've met your partner. All around us, uh, even though, let's say, it's late autumn, you're sweltering a little bit in your basement from all the heat. Uh, And you hear upstairs, like, the telltale sound of a door closing uh, as your partner returns home. And then you hear her voice. Dewey? Dewey? Uh, And she sounds very excited. Dewey, are you in your workshop? Yeah, I'll be up in a I'll be up in a minute. I'm just finishing something. Uh, g- could you come up here now, honey? I I, I have something I, I want to show you. I, I found something. Uh, okay, okay. I literally have sparks in my hand. Give me like two minutes. Two minutes? Really? I, really? Cardu? Okay, like Cardu Quirk. Like, your like wife, 95 seconds. Your wife is asking you to come up here after a long, hard day of work, and I the pot roast is almost done. Can you please just come up here, honey? I don't want to go down I'm, there. I don't want to I don't want to hurt her with all your sparks. Dewey's just like flipping up his mask, like taking off gloves and trudging upstairs as she's going on this little tangent. This okay, maybe you're are you like a little grease stained? Do you look a little yeah. like work weathered? Yeah, okay. You come up, you throw open the hatch, and you are greeted by the feet of your wife. So tell me, Uilani, what does she look like? She is sort of Dewey's height, a little bit taller, obviously. She's a human woman. She's got like a long braid. She's got a very like soft face mm-hmm. um, and one that's like very friendly looking, very welcoming. And that's kind of what drew Dewey to her. Her entire body's a little wet from the rain. And she had just come home from work. Where does she work? Uh, she's a carpenter. I think she does a lot of like um, contract work doing like making houses and fences and then working outdoors. 
Uh, so because of that, you see like a stray like wood chips like in her hair that are like stuck in there. Sawdust. Yeah, yeah. sawdust, exactly. Uh, so both of you are sort of like very good with working with your hands. Uh, and as your eyes travel down to what she's holding, like against her chest, you see like a bundle of like rags, maybe? Like kind of like a little dirty, like rags you recognize like from her like workshop. Uh, but you don't see what it is, really. Did you make something and did you bring something home from work again? Uh, and she's just smiling so hard. Like her entire face is a little flushed. She looks like a little red. She looks very excited. And you also detect a little bit of nervousness in her expression. Uh, do we love? Um, did you, did you finish that, uh, that, oh, that hat you were working on? It was, I know you were having trouble. Uh, Can no, this, no, this isn't, this isn't exactly a hatch. Honey, you might want to sit down for this. Here, why don't, why don't I get you some pot roast, hmm? And she starts like like sidling over to the kitchen table with this thing still in her chest, uh, against her chest. And as she turns away, you hear a little. What? Did you, did you bring home like a, a kitten? Uh, the one that was the one that was from the pregnant cat around your workshop? Oh, no, no, no. Spotty got adopted by the neighbors. This is a let's let's, let's sit down for this, Cardu. Let's uh, as she she like sits down and, and gestures at like a place that's been set for you already with a bowl of, of a plate of pot pot roast. Dewey starts eating. He hasn't he probably hasn't eaten in over six hours. Several, yeah, exactly. <laughs> kind of caught up. Yeah. Uh, she watches you eat and then she goes, well, you know how um, you know how for the longest time, you know, I, I've been trying to talk to you about having children, but you were like you want to focus on your career and like on our work. Uh, yeah, I, we should find a time to, you know, talk more about that. Um, I'm tired tonight, though, so. I, you know, no, 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 I, uh, well, you, you kept saying, you know, let's just wait for a sign. Let's just wait for a sign, wait for a sign that, you know, we should, we should have a kid and. Ta-da! And she reveals the bundle in her arms, which is a baby. Like a, (laughs) like a child, like an infant. Uh, and you see, like, its little face peeking through a hole in all the fabrics. And what do you see when you look at it? They've got short, dark hair that's kind of like plastered to their forehead because of the rain. Um, and also because they've been swaddled. They've got just like the biggest eyes Dewey's ever seen on a humanoid child. I, uh, I, I found them. They, someone just left them floating in a basket by the fifth channel. And I, I tried knocking around on neighbors' doors. I even went, you know, but obviously someone, someone just left them there. And I didn't want to drop them off by the orphanage. I mean, they've got so many kids on their hands now. Did you hear about, oh, that poor child lost her parents to that horrible shipwreck? They've got their hands full with, with children like that. I didn't want this child to grow up without, you know, a family. And you... You want to keep it? I I do, Cardu. I... Is, is that a problem? Come on! Like, they could be your little assistant. You know, you could, like, teach them how to build things. You know, pass on your knowledge to someone. You're always talking about how it'd be nice to have some work, you know, some help down there in your workshop. I haven't thought about kids, though. I I know you don't really think about kids that much, but this is something I really want. And, yeah, maybe this was selfish of me, but I... I mean, like, what are we doing, Cardu? Like, where where is this going? I like our partnership, what we, what we have now. I, if, I, I want kids. If this is what you want, if you, if this makes you happy, we can, we can keep them. Just try holding them. And Uwilani, 
holds out the little bundle to you, basically like forces you to like hold them like against your feather yeah. chest. Come on, come on. It's not a bomb, Dewey. Uh, okay. Uh, they're just so fragile. Uh, and he takes, takes the baby. I thought maybe you could name them. What do you think would be a good name? Hannah. Hannah. And on that, we zoom out of like Dewey's face as you're standing there. Maybe like Oka, Manaya, and V. The three of you notice that Dewey has just sort of like frozen upon seeing these people. What do the three of you do? Does Oka recognize the symbol on their shirts at all? I don't know. I don't I actually don't know if they would. I don't think you would. Uh, you, you would though, Manaya. Manaya stops, turns, and goes to Dewey and says, Let's go. Aren't you getting away from them? T- towards them? Aren't you running away from them? Let's go. Go over there where they are? I, uh, I got it. I'm going to go help with the fire. So you're going you're to turn around and you're going to start backing away, Dewey? Yeah. Taking uh, shorts, trying to be unnoticeable. Okay. Short steps backwards. Yeah. Dewey starts backing away. Oka V, what do you do? I think it would be funny if Oka was like behind Dewey and he backs up into them. And they just kind of put, like, a hand on his shoulder. Do you really want to get eaten by a fucked up Hydra flare? You don't know. They're worse fates. Oka, like, still with, like, one hand on Dewey's shoulder, kind of, like, just moves around and stands yeah. in front of him. They don't, the people there don't seem to be attacked currently. Well, the, the, the seven sailors, let's say, are just sort of hanging out. They're hanging behind, they're talking to each other, they're shooting the shit. You see one of them has like like lit up like a like a hand rope cigarette and is smoking it and like passing it around. The the five researchers, you know, you see like several of them have like notebooks out, you know, they're like writing in it and like looking around excitedly. Um, and one of them is like standing in front of the the one person left behind, the native to the court of Ravens, the one like dock hand, let's say, that's been left behind on the South Shore and is like trying to talk to them. Uh, the dock hand uh, is this sort of like stout looking dwarven woman who's got like her hands like propped, propped on her hips and looks a little annoyed at this one person who's t- talking very excitedly in what you recognize as like Raven speech, even though they don't seem to be from the court. And they're like talking and this dwarven woman, you hear her go, you know, what? let's just talk in common. Uh, it's it's fine. I can understand you. Uh, this person's like, no, 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 no. I, I need to brush up on my raven speech anyway. It's been, it's been a while since I visited the court. And oh, it's, it's so good to see this place firsthand. I've, you know, I know all about the history, you know, the four courts, how they were established, you know, your kings and your queens. Um, and this woman goes, right. Uh, so anyway, we've got like one like spare house, I suppose, that's open, that we're not using for storage, I guess. If all 12 of you could like squeeze in there for the night and then uh, you could pay us to help repair your ship. Uh, You could maybe rent a canoe or something, go into town, market, buy some food while you wait it out. So that's that's what you overhear. That's what you see, Oka. Oka turns to V, I think, and is like, do you, do you feel it? Is it here? You all ran to me in a panic and everything was on fire. I thought maybe something would be happening. Well, they said that there was new, basically a a meal to eat here. If these are the finest mines off this boat, perhaps it's, uh, if I got closer and tried to do detect thoughts, maybe I could detect this creature again. Manaya walks over to V and intentionally towering over her and says, you're going to do that. Let's go. All right, and... V starts heading over. Guess I'll just cast Detect Thoughts as we get close to the boat. 
Okay, you stride forward toward where all of these people are, and you see again, like it's tall, like kind of proud, but now battered, like side side of its hull with Mahu's favor sort of emblazoned over it. And yeah, as you get closer, you see like the logo of the URL uh, stamped at the end of Mahu's favor. Like maybe this is like a, a URL ship. As you get closer, uh, you cast detect thoughts, just like how you were using it earlier. All of these people's like, all of them light up like pinpoints. Since these 12 people, the one like dwarven woman, Doc Hand, you can also sense Oka, Dewey, Manaya, and yourself. You don't sense that strange cluster of seven or eight thoughts. But as you draw closer, uh, one of the other researchers who are like hanging back, like letting this one excitable linguist like take the lead uh, with this dwarven woman, one of them turns to you. You see she's sort of like this like handsome half orc woman with very like long hair sort of like braided all the way down like to to her hip um and she's got like she's got little glasses on <laughs> like tiny like tiny little glasses on uh and she turns to you she says oh uh oh sh-. um and she turns to the woman the linguist and goes <clears throat> sort of in in common actually uh she says uh, dr pelpone how do you say hello in raven speech again uh and dr pelpone turns around and like says something that sort of sounds like a squawk and she goes, oh, she turns to you and she squawks. Or we just speak common, friend, because I don't know what you just said to me. Oh, oh, I'm so sorry. I thought I thought since you were here, I thought you were from the court. Uh, we're not from the court. We are just visiting. Uh, we have reason to believe there is something very sinister in this area that we're looking for. Hey, do you see it? There's nothing here right now. I'm so- oh, hold on, hold on. I'm sorry. Something sinister? Uh, uh, Dr. Ting, Dr. Ting. Uh, and she turns and you see like a, a human man, probably the most like grizzled human man you've ever seen with like a kind of patchy beard. You know, he looks like maybe he's in his 40s or 50s. He's got like bags under his eyes. He looks like very like hungry. You know, he, he looks hungry. Uh, and he, he turns to you and like his eyes are like like lasers, like fixing on your face. Dewey, are you still like hiding behind Oka? I'm behind Oka. <laughs> yeah, maybe while they've been doing this, Oka was like, okay, hold on. Took off their sash and is like covering Dewey's head with it and like this tying it around him like a cloak. Let's see how good that uh, impromptu <laughs> costume is. I need you to roll sleight of hand, Oka. Dewey's, uh, he's got his hood up and I assume, I figure it's like, um, when you get something on your pants at school and you like, you can't go home and change. So you just like tie something around your waist. Yeah. Considering I rolled a seven, I think Oka just kind of throws their sash on you and is like, okay, that's good. That's good. I don't know who you are at all. Actually, uh, I think maybe because I like to cause problems, Oka like snatches Dewey's glasses off his face. Be like, now I can't recognize you at all. <laughs> Dewey scrabbles for his grass. Get those back. I need. I uh, they'll recognize you with them on, Dewey. Come on. I don't re- think don't- smart. This grizzled human man. He seems to maybe be like their leader. Dewey, you would recognize like that his URL like badge is kind of like dressed up. So he is like the leader of like this group. Uh, this Doctor Ting. He turns to the four of you and says, "I'm sorry. Excuse me. We're from Wuhanahi. We're part of a research group. There. We're here to research." The profane undeath, as it is colloquially referred to here, though we, you know, uh, and like the the half orc woman, like behind him, just helpfully pipes up anomaly forty two, and he goes, "Yes, anomaly forty two. Uh, yes, before- yes, it's here. People don't die. We've seen it firsthand. Now, if excuse us, excuse- and then I start uh, walking we- past them. Oh, excuse me, young woman. Could we interview you and your group? Clearly, no. you've had experience. We're uh, too busy going after anomaly forty nine, so we we've got things to do." I'm sorry, Anomaly 49. You don't know? Oh my god, you call yourselves researchers? You should go back on your boat and just think about things very hard. 
Oh, hi, hi, sorry, excuse me. Um, and the, ex- like, the, the handsome, like, half-orc woman steps forward. She offers you a hand, V. She says, I'm Dr. Sato. I'm, I'm the junior researcher here. Uh, but I cut my teeth on hardware, so... Uh, and Dewey, that is the same department that you were in. <laughs> you recognize her. I think you've maybe had, like, a conversation with her, like, once. Like, by, like, the water cooler, you know? She has risen in the ranks. She was only, she was like an intern when you first met her. And it's only been like, probably like a few months, right? Since you left the URL and she's already had a, has a research position. She's either got it through favors or just through like hard work and diligence. But you recognize her face and her hair has grown out a little bit more since you've seen her. Uh, is just like, he's really bad with faces. And the fact that everyone dresses the same at the URL. It doesn't um, help. Mm-hmm. Oka took Dewey's glasses. He doesn't know shit oh, about that's her. Sh- yeah, yeah, actually. Yeah, okay. Are they... How far away are they? They're they're coming right up on you now. Like she's she's coming forward. She she has offered a hand to V. But I'm just gonna say, Dewey, you will you will recognize her. I think he recognizes her as as soon as she's like within like within spitting five, distance. Five, yeah. yeah. Yep. Five feet. She doesn't seem to have noticed you at first. Her her attention is trained on V. V, do you take the handshake? Sure. Okay. She shakes it. She's got a very firm grip. Hi. Yes. And uh, your name is? My name is. Vineyard. Vineyard winery. <laughs> that is not the best word. What, what a unique name. Uh, Vin, do you, vineyard. Mind if I call you Vin? Yeah, that sounds wonderful. I love a nickname. Look, Vin, we're here to research, you know, Anomaly 42, but we're also here, you know, looking out for other anomalies. Maybe we can help you. To detect okay. invisible creatures because... There is a beast with several heads that we are chasing after right now. Uh, at that, the other researchers look at each other and they like murmur, you know, to each other. You see like a Dr. Ting like jot something down in his like, his like moleskin like field notebook. You know, he's like jotting it down with his like quill. Dr. Sada goes, well, well I, I am, I'm actually the hardware specialist on board. Uh, I'm sure I could re-rig our detector to be able to pick up on invisible signatures. If you can do that very quickly, because this thing is in the area, and seeing you all here, I think this creature actually may be very interested in in your minds. If it lives, I can kill it, says like one of the other researchers who hasn't spoken yet. And this one actually wears like, instead of like a white lab coat, he's wearing like a black one. He's got like like hair sort of like gelled back. You know, he's got like a very like well-trimmed beard in, in opposition to Dr. Ting. And he's sort of like leaned against like a pole, you know, with like with like a hat drawn low. <laughs> he has his like arms crossed. And you notice that he's the only one that's armed. Uh, he's got these two like short swords, like strapped to his waist as well as like a long sword strapped against his back. Yeah, we have that covered. No need to, uh, you know, dirty your lab coat. Uh, yes, Mr. Kim, uh, says Dr. Ting, we're also not here to kill anything, right? Your acquisitions and release, not kill and release. Uh, and Mr. Kim, the guy with the hat and the swords, he just like shrugs to himself. Dr. Sato says, well, I, I think there's a way both of us, we can mutually benefit here. Clearly the four of you have some stake in trying to contain this entity. Let's say we can help. That's literally, we specialize in that. We can help, we can help you. Has Manaya maybe like circled back kind of to where Oka and Dewey are a little bit farther back from the group? Yeah, as she walks forward, she looks around, realizes that she can't see where this thing is and circled back and is standing behind, crossing her arms. Oka kind of leans in toward her and is like, that might actually be the best chance we have. I have no way to track it. He's just going to let the researchers, this creature made me forget things, made me forget where I was in just a matter of moments. 
if this thing attacks, we could all just be in a lot of trouble very quickly. So if you're going to do something to help, it needs to be sooner rather than later. Dr. Ting, like, is nodding slowly. And then he turns to Mr. Kim and says, well, you're our resident creature expert here. What do you think? Uh, and Mr. Kim, like, he props up the brim of his hat and you see that he's got mismatched eyes. He's got like one silver eye, one golden eye. Uh, and he, y- yes, yes, Oka? I'm sorry. I, I don't have to ask that question. I was going to ask if he was like a cis man or, or if he was hot because those are different. <laughs> I, I have to, I just have to say that everyone here is trans unless otherwise stated. The only not like cis person I think would be Adam in our Adam. campaign. Uh, and he's also like the only canonically like white person other than like V, I think. Uh, okay so he is hot is what you're trying to say oh yeah he's really he's he's got like 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 trans guy on t for 10 years vibes you know sort of going on like he's he's like like that like nice deep testosterone voice uh mr kim just goes any sort of invisible stalker isn't gonna attack us in daylight unless it's really arrogant or really stupid i don't think this creature is either i think we should lay a trap and Dr. Ting nods, turns back to you, V, and says, You say this thing can make us forget our memories? Well, let's just record logs every day and listen to them. That way we won't forget anything. And Dr. Sato says, Yes, and I'll start rigging up that device. I like the idea of a trap. Maybe we can use someone as bait. Uh, let's see, who here is kind of scrawny and looks easily digestible? Uh, and she's looking around, and Dewey, are you trying to hide? Are you trying to hide from the game? Dewey's like, he's got like an arm behind, uh, I think, Oko's back, and just like, like grabbing into their, into their back as hard as he can. Like, please don't let this, please don't let this happen. I'll be bait. <laughs> no, V can see it. I can't quite see it, but I can once or twice try to detect thoughts. I'll be bait, Manaya. It's better that way. Well, then, I suppose we should stick together, says Dr. Ting. This very tired man, he, like, closes his journal and he says, It's going to be sundown. Well, I guess lack of sundown pretty soon. Excuse me, uh, you said your name was Tiger? turns to the dwarven woman who's just been watching this with an air of like boredom this entire time she goes yeah you can call me tig all right uh tiger do you mind showing us to that house that you said that we could stay at and i'll i'll be more than happy uh dr pelpone here uh, will be more than happy to take care of the fees for our stay and of course the repairing of the ship yeah yeah okay uh yeah i could i could lead you there are these four gonna be joining you because that house ain't, ain't gonna take ain't gonna take 16 i could tell you that Dr. Ching turns to the four of you. We'll find our own lodgings. We've done it before. We'll do it again. Okay. Very well. Maybe we should reconvene in the morning, or perhaps we should have a, a late a late night meeting. Okay. You're talking a lot about meetings and recordings and paper and bullshit. Uh, we're going to do this as soon as possible, which means that we're setting the trap now or we're leaving. Uh, Dr. Sato, this half-orc woman, goes, I, I need some... Oh, I need some time to build the detector to, like, rig it out. It's happening today. Or you are going to wake up tomorrow with no understanding about how to rig your detector. Do you understand what we're saying to you right now? Okay, well, fine. You, Vin, you said you can, you can, you can use magic, right? Wow. Yes, I can. Great. Uh, okay, the- so let's let's conserve that. Uh, Dr. Ting, if I may, uh, I I do agree. I think maybe time here is of the essence. So you are kind bait. I'm sorry. What's your name again? Uh, bait. Uh, you can call me Bait. Okay, Bait. Uh, let's put you somewhere 
somewhere that looks isolated. And then the rest of us, maybe we can like hide, maybe like 20, 30 feet away and wait for this thing to attack. And uh, Vin, maybe every now and then you can you can cast that spell, cast that magic. Dr. Ting, does that sound like a good course of action? What do the four of you think? Manaya? We're catching it today. Let's do this. Great, sounds good. You're about to head out when one of the Wuhan sailors steps forward. He looks to be maybe the captain. Excuse me, Dr. Ting, should we be a part of this too or can we chill chill here by the ship? Okay, a lot of you don't really seem to understand. What I'm trying to tell you is that if you just hang out here, your minds are going to be eaten, all right? This is a this is a Hydra Flare we're talking about, okay? This isn't some fucked up bullshit. Right, uh, so this is no man. He doesn't seem to like grasp the gravity uh, of the situation or the urgency. I mean, to his perspective, you're just a bunch of strangers who showed up. Um, and it seems like maybe uh, as he's looking at Dr. Ting, you can tell like that, that there's a little bit of tension between these two groups. You know, like there's the researchers and then there's the workers who like help them get here. You know, and there seems to be like a divide between the two of them. And this captain, he just goes, you know what? I don't want my my sailors to get wrapped up in any of this 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 entity business. You know, we were we were contracted to bring you here and to bring you back. That's it. None of this other bullshit. So, uh, Tiger, was it? I think we're gonna hole up in that house. Maybe smoke, play cards. You know, friend. If they are going into a house alone, I would almost suggest we, wherever large group of people is, that is where bait is. Okay, Dr. Ting seems to catch up on this, turns to this captain, says, Captain Akamu, it's all right, you can go to the house. Uh, You don't mind if we stay nearby just to keep an eye on you. Yeah, yeah, that's fine. Come on, sailors, let's roll out. Captain Akamu and the rest of the Wuhan sailors, like, they, like, flick the last of their cigarettes away, like, into the water, um, and they begin to set off. It's functional. It's a miracle they got here. They kind of didn't. Listen, call it my base monster hunter instincts, but I don't really like working with a different monster hunter who wants to keep what I want to keep, personally. I call it the competitive side in me, right? I can get what you're looking for, Manaya. We can get it tonight, but let's not let them catch it. We can't let them take it back to wherever they're taking it. Do we still have friends? The gem of true sight, do we still? Yeah, uh, I've got that. And I hand it to V. V, you're going to detect where it is. You're going to use the gem of true sight. You're going to point me to where I'm going to bash its heads in. Sounds like a wonderful plan. Let's get it. Sounds good. The four of you are done having a sidebar, and Dr. Ting says, All right, well, my group's got to set up a perimeter here. The four of you seem capable. Uh, Feel free to join any of us on the perimeter. Again, Mr. Kim, please remember we are not trying to kill the entity. We are simply trying to capture it. Okay? Uh, Mr. Kim just sort of tips his hat but doesn't say anything. And you see, like, the five researchers begin to scatter around begin to set up like inside nearby like houses. Uh, let's say uh, there's there's like a northwest house, there's a northeast house, a southwest house, and a southeast house. And they're like setting up a perimeter at each corner. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, so what's the play here? Are the four of you each going to go to a different house or are you going to uh, all go to the same one? I get the feeling that splitting up might not be the best idea. Speaking of splitting up, we're missing one. We need to get Rev. She's dealing with the fire. We don't need her. She'll be back. 
I would prefer to have her here to deal with something this of this scale. Also, to deal with the fact that the URL is involved now, I can go get her. Do what you fly. want. Fly. No, I mean uh, literally fly above the ground. Don't step down. But once I'm out of those people's view, uh, I'll go. I'll fly. Sounds good. Uh, so, Dewey, are you heading away from the rest of your party? Uh, and you, and once you're like out of sight, you take flight into the air and the sea breeze sort of like ruffles against your feathers and it feels nice to fly. I think it's been a while since you've flown really up there in the air. Literally, I mean, the phrase free as a bird is there for a reason, right? And you soar and you plane like over like the, the wandering black tongue river as the sunless sky gets darker and darker overhead and you fly toward the last pillars of smoke on the North Shore. Meanwhile, Oka, Manaya, and V, what do you do? Oka rolls a cigarette and they try to think juicy thoughts like about food. They're thinking about food, trying to be bait. That's what they're doing. They're rolling a cigarette and like, le- like obviously leaning somewhere <laughs> thinking about food. That's their plan. So you're leaning against the central like building that the other sailors have gone into? Yes, I am. I need to stay within 30 feet I would go somewhere like close to the house so I could kind of ping inside the house and also like ping where around uh, Oka. Are you going to stay out in the open or are you going to go into one of the four houses that form a corner? I don't. Yeah, I don't think I'm actually going to go into a house. I think I'll stay outside so I can visually still see things like wherever the front door is. I'll just go like around the corner a little bit. Okay. so if Oka's on the bottom left corner, you go to the top right corner. Yeah. Okay. sounds good. Manaya? Manaya's going to follow V, and if she's staying by a house, Manaya's just going to stand and lean her back against the wall. Great. The other researchers go off. Uh, you see, like, each of them goes alone to, like, one of the other, like, four houses that, like, form the perimeter around the central house. The one researcher who stays behind, the odd man out is going to be Mr. Kim, and he's going to stay by where you are, Oka. Yeah, I would, I would actually, like, whistle for him to come over. Yeah, I think he just goes over to where you are. You roll a cigarette, uh, and he just goes... Hey, can I bum a hit? You have a light. Uh, he, he snaps his fingers and a little flame sprouts out and he lights it. Despite what Oka said about being competitive, they are going to like share some of the information. So they're going to be like, I don't know if you could tell just by being here, but there are a lot fewer people in this town than there should be. Something has been eating them. It's invisible, but apparently our sorcerer saw something with lots of heads many thoughts and human faces. So not a Hydra, not quite a Mind Flayer either. I imagine it's a empty beast. Is that what you call them? Empty beasts? Well, yeah. They're empty. Well, they're sort of empty. Stupid little bags. So you noticed that too? Well, I am a class A monster hunter. Of course I noticed it. Uh, He gives you a once-over and he says, you know... The URL has a use of talents like yours. And I am not interested in being employed by the URL. Well, perhaps I could convince you to reconsider. How about this? Let's make a bet. Wager, what, 50 gold? 100? I catch it first. And if I catch it first? Then I'll consider joining your little entourage. Fine. It's a deal. And he holds out a leathery hand for you to shake. Oka shakes it. And on that, Dewey, we follow you as you finally, like, approach the other bank. And you start gliding down, down, down. And you see, yeah, the smoke is what's lingering 
from the fire, but the fire thankfully has been put out. Uh, and you see like several people like by the shore, you see Rev among them, you know, like they're talking to each other. They seem to be like, like discussing like the fire, like what happened, like how did this occur, etc. And you see a familiar, like young, like teenage girl. Uh, you see Trout. Uh, maybe you're like up in the air though. You see, she is uh, maybe like 40 or 50 feet away from the main group. Um, and she is by the bank of the black tongue. She seems to be uh, splashing herself with water. Like her clothes look a little singed. Like maybe she's like cooling down, like stepping away. Um, and as you see her splashing herself with water, you see something suddenly like flicker into existence behind her. And up in the air, you see something that looks quite horrific. Uh, it is basically exactly what V described. Seven or eight heads mounted on slender, long, pale necks that connects to like a monstrous body that's kind of scaled and has like multiple claws coming out. And this thing is large. It's much larger uh, than Trout. And she doesn't seem to recognize that it's behind her. Her back is turned to it. She's crouched by the water. This thing seems to rear up on its like hind claws about to come down on her. What do you do? I like, he was flapping his wings um, and he kind of just like stops in midair. So he's like, Gonna start falling soon. He's scrabbling, looking in his bag, uh, and he throws like a, a little sphere at it, at the ground behind it. And what is this? A new Dewey invention? Uh, it hits the ground behind the creature, and there's a puff of very bright white light, like artificially bright. And it has to make a Constitution save. Dewey invents a bomb. <laughs> <laughs> it is a flashbang. Oh, interesting. Okay, what's the DC on that? 14. Okay, it fails. What does that mean? Um, it is blinded for one round. Okay, sounds good. So as this bomb, huge flash of white light, like erupts out from the point of where you smashed it behind it. As that happens, it, it sort of, it, you see it rears backward. Four of its like seven or eight heads like snap up. And they have like human like faces, but like their their sockets are just empty, and they've got like these like like holes, like almost like corpse faces, long long mouths that like like yawn open into like these gaping black holes down its like pale throat. Four of them like seem to look like blindly up for where bomb came from, but the other ones all thrash around, and its necks are like wiggling in like a really weird way, like oof yeah it's disgusting, and it slams down, but it misses trout. And Trout, you see her like startle at the bomb and also at like the like the huge claw slamming down on either side of her. She stumbles, she turns around and she screams uh, when she sees this thing. And then Dewey, the oddest thing happens. Its mouths, all of its mouths open. And then you hear, you hear it before you don't anymore. A song, like the opening note of a song, like, ah, and then it's gone. Uh, and Trout is left there, like, on the ground. You know, she's, like, she's, like, shielding her face. Like, maybe the bomb also got a little bit to her. She's going, what the? What? What the hell? Whoa, whoa, whoa. Uh, and she hears your flapping wings. What was that? Dewey swoops down uh, and puts his wings over her and is looking around furiously <laughs> to make sure it's not still there. On the muddy banks, you see those claw-like footprints. But you don't see this creature anywhere. Do the footprints just disappear? They do. They just seem to they they just seem to have appeared when it appeared and like disappeared when it disappeared. Almost like it was wiped from existence as soon as it started to sing. Dewey apologizes for the bomb and his voice is so shaky because this whole day has been an experience. Uh, and he says to Trout, You should you should come with us. I don't think I don't think we're safe. And on that 
Thank you so much for tuning in to this episode of Transplaner. Please consider giving us a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts. This helps so much with getting new listeners to find us. Music is by Connie Chong, CIS, Fezlian Studios, and Soundstripe. Audio mixing is done by Mike Graham. Give them a follow on Twitter at OMikeGram. Podcast editing is done by Connie Chong and C. Thomas. New podcast episodes drop every other Tuesday. If you can't wait that long, tune into our live stream Saturdays at 3 p.m. U.S. Central Time on Twitch at TransplanerRPG. Also, toss us a follow on Twitter, Tumblr, Instagram, and YouTube at TransplanerRPG. We also have a Patreon. Patrons get early access to episodes, character sheets, high-res art, and much, much more. And finally, a very special thank you to our Patreon paragons. Abigail Rytel... Azura, Brooke Bright, Cassidy Barnes, Charles, Chiacres, Cora Eckert, Lex Slater, Marvelous, Mitzi, Moonflower Tea, Purple Mouse, Risa, and Rue.